بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم على نبينا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه اجمعين ما بعد so we quickly briefly recap just some basic points that we covered in the previous lesson in a quick and brief manner firstly the word or term at-tawheed the meaning of at-tawheed in the language in the arabic language who can give us the answer to this question to single something out to make something one anyone remember how they say this in arabic to make something one Tawheed in the language of the Sharia. What, what is intended by Tawheed in the language of the Sharia? No. To single out Allah alone in worship. Is it just worship only? That is correct. It's correct. But let's broaden this. Uh, Yani Tawheed of Allah and yani specifically that which we covered last week. We said Tawheed is of how many types? Three. So we have the Tawheed. What's the Arabic term, Mahmoud? For, for this. Tawheed what? Tawheed Al? Ah. For worship. When we single out Allah with worship. Al-Uluhiyyah. Tawheed Al-Uluhiyyah. That's one of the three. Another type of Tawheed. Tawheed al-Rububiyyah, which translates as, what's the meaning of Tawheed al-Rububiyyah? To single out Allah with Lordship. So how can we differentiate? We give a nice way that we can differentiate between these types of Tawheed as it refers to Naam. So when we talk about Tawheed al-Rububiyyah, then here we can say that we're singling, singling out Allah with his actions such as khalq creating providing hmm? Naam. giving life taking life arranging the affairs provide, providing nurturing and so on tamam طيب. as it relates to tawheed al-uluhiyya we can say this is to single out allah with our actions with our actions so with our worship the last category of Tawheed to single out Allah with his Asma and his Sifat his beautiful and perfect names and attributes his names and attributes that which he named himself with and described himself with and that which his messenger Muhammad وسلم, described him with Tamam we also covered the purpose of life. What's the purpose of life? To worship Allah alone. What's the proof for this? MashaAllah, Allah Mubarak. You have the verse locked down. I did not create the jinn or mankind except to worship me alone. Another way we, we, we or some other verses we looked at as it relates to why Allah created the creation. So Allah created life and death 
to test which one of you is best in deeds or in actions. Tamam. And then there's another verse we covered. We covered three verses. So Allah he mentions that he is the one who uh, created the seven heavens um, and the earth with its seven layers. His command descends within them. That you may know that you may know so he created all of this the seven heavens and the earth with its seven layers he created all of this so that we may know that Allah Ta'ala has these perfect names and attributes he's a creator that he is the all-knowing that he is capable over, over all things so this is just a brief uh, recap of that which we covered last week and so, we begin um, with Kitab al-Tawheed. Both screens are working? Naam. So, Kitab al-Tawheed, the book of Tawheed. And this first chapter is regarding the right of Allah upon the servants and the servants' right upon Allah. Haqqullahi ala al-ibad. The right, the haqq. The right of Allah upon his servants and the servants' haq, haqqul ibad, the right of the servants, ala Allah, upon Allah. The Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab, rahimahullah, he begins immediately by bringing the saying of Allah, wa qawlullahi ta'ala. So here now he's bringing the evidences from the book of Allah, the Quran, and we're going to see likewise a hadith from the sunnah of the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa to prove this point that he's making. So the saying of Allah the Most High, وَمَا خَلَقَتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ I did not create the jinn. I, Allah, did not create the jinn and mankind except that they should worship me alone. Except that they should worship me alone. And here, Sheikh Bin Baz, whose explanation we're working through, it's a very brief explanation, alhamdulillah. It, yani the, the book itself, Kitab al-Tawheed, on its own, is very simple. And so we um, have chosen um, a, a, a simple explanation to, in order to, uh, to, to, to keep this brief and yani that which is comprehensible and that which makes it easy for us to work through. So, Sheikh Abdul Aziz Ibn Baz, rahimahullah, he says here that At-Tawheed is Ifradullahi Ta'ala Bil-Ibadah. As Mahmoud at the beginning, when I first asked, immediately he said it is to single out Allah with worship. And this is how Sheikh Bin Baz, he has explained Tawheed here. Because, yes, Tawheed is of three categories. But very often you'll find the scholars, they, they will restrict Tawheed. In, in a brief manner, they will say Tawheed is to single out Allah along with worship. Why? Why did they not mention his lordship and his names and attributes? Although it does, of course, include these aspects of, of Tawheed. Naam. Mumtaz, Mumtaz, Naam. Because this is the problem area, if you like, when it comes to the Tawheed of Allah. Many affirm the Tawheed of Allah's Rububiyyah, His Lordship. He's the sole Lord and He's the Creator and Provider and Sustainer and so on. And these names and attributes. But the problem 
for many is this aspect of Tawheed. To single out Allah along with all worship. Now, And so the Shaykh, he says that this is the hikmah, the wisdom. This verse makes it absolutely clear. The wisdom behind their creation. The creation of the jinn and men. And he says that this was not from uh, the need that he had not from any need that he had to or, or desire or want or need to increase and to have more he had no need for this so it's not from need just as Allah also he said that he created them to test them نعم ليبتليهم وليعلموا صفات صفات and likewise, he created them to test, to test them. And he created them that they may know him. That they may know his names and his attributes as we've covered uh, last week. Covered last week and we just recapped uh, shortly before. And so, uh, the Sheikh he says that he created them that they, that he may teach them and cause them to, to, to recognize and know. أَنَّهُ الْخَالِقِ he is the creator. He is the raziq, the provider. He is al-qadir. He is all capable and, and able to do all things. And he tested them by placing commands, awamir, and nawahi, prohibitions. And he placed upon them responsibilities or obligations, if you like. Things that you have to do. So they may worship him by way of these commands and prohibitions and due to all of this or because of all of this he sent the messengers and he revealed the books now thereafter the imam he mentions the saying of Allah وَقَوْلُ Ta'ala again another verse from the book of Allah وَلَقَدْ بَعَثْنَا فِي كُلِّ أُمَّةٍ رَسُولًا أَنِعْبُدُ and he's saying the most high and verily we sent among every ummah, every nation, every community a messenger proclaiming, meaning saying worship Allah alone and keep away from at-tagot, keep away from the false deities, the false gods here at Sheikh Bin Baz he says that um, the meaning of tagot is ma'abida min dunillah wa huwa radin. So here, this is the definition that Sheikh Abdul Aziz bin Mubaz, rahimahullah, he gave. And all the scholars they give. At-tagut, the definition and the meaning of this is a false deity, a false god, something that is worshipped in falsehood. That which is worshipped besides Allah, ma'abida min dunillah, that which is ubid, worshipped. Min dunillah, besides Allah. Wahu radin. And that thing that is worshipped is pleased with that worship. Now, as for that which is worshipped, whilst or those things that are worshipped, whilst they are displeased, not pleased with that worship, the people direct towards them such as the prophets and the messengers, then they are not ta'ut. 
Naam. So, if you give examples. One who is taught, so worshipped, and is pleased with it. Can you think of an example? Fir'aun. Fir'aun. Nimrod. Naam. Iblis. Naam. One who is worshipped, but displeased with that worship. Isa alayhi salam, Uzair, Ali, Nabina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. When they are worshipped, they are displeased with this worship. From the scholars, those who say that they are not taught if we look at the meaning of taught from two angles. Because taught, its origins is from taught. When the water يعني, it, it exceeded and يعني, it went it يعني, overflow over يعني, it overflowed يعني, to go beyond bounds so because those who direct worship to these false gods they've gone beyond bounds so here as it relates to the thing being worshipped or the one being worshipped if they're pleased with it they are ta'ut because they're pleased with it and they are ta'ut to, to, to the ones who worship them as well so to, if you look at it from two angles the, those who are worshipping them and those who are worshipped they, they are ta'ut in both regards as for those who are worshipped but not pleased with that worship they are not ta'ut from their perspective so Isa alayhi salam, Uzair, and those examples that we gave, they're not ta'ud from their perspective because they are not pleased with it. As for, from the perspective of those who worship them, they are ta'ud to them. So from the scholars, those who, those who say that they are still ta'ud, if we look at it from that meaning. Now, so we move on to the, to the next verse. And that is the saying of Allah, the Most High, وَقَضَى رَبُّكَ أَلَّا تَعْبُدُوا إِلَّا إِيَّا وَبِالْوَالِدَيْنِ إِحْسَانًا and your Lord has decreed that you worship none but him and that you be dutiful to your parents. Naam. And so here, here, Al-Sheikh Ibn Baz, he mentions the meaning and tafsir of La ilaha illallah. Here, at this point, he went into describing the meaning of La ilaha illallah and he says that Allah that he is al-mustahiq lil-ibadah and he now gives the definition of La ilaha illallah the meaning and the correct understanding of it he says that La ilaha illallah and how if we were to um, simplify it make it easy to understand and explain it further then the meaning is La ma'abud Ma'bud is anything that is worshipped. Anything that is worshipped. The root of this word ma'bud. Can anyone work out the root, the verb? Hmm? What are the root, three root letters? When we say, for example, uh, abad or abd, servant, a slave, worshipper, abid. 
So ma'bud is the the object that is worshipped. Ma'bud. So there is no ma'bud. This is the meaning of la ilaha. La ilaha yani la ma'bud. Bihaq. There is no ma'bud, no thing that is worshipped. Bihaq in truth. Or mustahiq lil ibadah. Mustahiq is another word. Mustahiq. Anyone work out the root of this word? What's the title of this chapter? In Arabic. Uh, he says there on the top, the right of Allah upon his servants. What's right in Arabic? Haq. Haq. So, mustahiq lil ibadah. From haq. Someone who's, who, who yani is deserving of worship and has the right. So here the meaning is there is no ma'bud. There is nothing that is worshipped in truth. Or, deser- or is deserving of that worship. Illa Allah, except for Allah. Everything else is worshipped in what? The opposite of truth. In falsehood. Not deserving of that worship. Naam. So this is uh, the common um, explanation that is given by the scholars when it comes to explaining this mighty kalima, this tremendous kalima. La ilaha illallah. Naam. Maqaluhu ta'ala, wa'budullaha wa la tushriku bihi shay'a. And he's saying the Most High worship Allah and do not join anything with him in worship. Sheikh bin Baz doesn't mention anything here because the likes of these verses, they are self-explanatory. Easy to understand. Allah, worship Allah, and do not join anything with him in worship. Now, thereafter, ta'ala, and again we can see verse after verse. Because this is something that's clearly established in the Quran. It is clear the command to worship Allah alone. The saying of Allah, Qul alaykum. He's saying the most high say, say, O Muhammad, to them. Come, ta'ala, come. I will recite what your Lord has prohibited you from. That you do not join anything in worship with him. Don't have that there, but as you see here, it says al-ayat, the verses. From the completion of, the, of, of, of those verses, uh, we're going to see, we're going to go into, because the imam, he brings at the end of each chapter that which we learn from the chapter, and he's going to mention the importance of these three verses here. The sixth verse, sorry, the sixth surah, is which surah? Surah al-an'am. So these three verses, um, that there are ten important matters that we learn just from these three verses. We're not going to go into the explanation that Sheikh bin Baz gives concerning these verses until we come to the, ne- to the next hadith because uh, within this hadith, this same verse appears. And that is the hadith narrated by Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiyallahu anhu wherein he said, Man arada an yanzur Man, ara- man arada an yanzur إلى إلى وصية محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم التي عليها خاتمه فليقرأ. And whoever wishes to ascertain the very will of Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم on which the Prophet has put his seal, then let him read read the statement of Allah. قل تعالوا أتلو ما حرم ربكم عليكم. Allah, the verse that we just 
translated until he's saying the most high and verily this is my straight path so do not follow the other paths and so here here the imam doesn't bring the complete verses you can see this is um, almost uh, well there is here he says he doesn't mention the, the verses in totality. And he just says, up until the saying of Allah. And he goes to, the, the, to that third verse that we're referring to. So here we bring, we bring um, the verse separately from the text that's in the kitab. And this is the verse, or the first verse from these three verses. Say, O Muhammad, come, I will recite what your Lord has prohibited from you, or you from. Here now, let us look at those ten matters that Allah has prohibited are these important matters um, I've made the job easy for you by highlighting uh, these matters so the first matter is what what has Allah prohibited you from shirk join on anything in worship with him what's after that Allah Akbar Allah Akbar Allah Akbar, Allah Akbar. Ashadu Allah ilaha illallah. Ashadu Allah ilaha illallah. Ashadu anna Muhammadan Rasulullah. Ashadu anna Muhammadan Rasulullah Hayy ala salah Hayy ala salah Hayy ala al-falah على الفلاح الله أكبر الله أكبر لا إله إلا الله Now, so let's briefly look at the three verses um, and then uh, we'll look at the explanation of Sheikh Ibn Baz, um, which again is very brief. So, uh, again, the first matter here that Allah prohibits us from, we said, is a shirk. The second matter, now. to be good and dutiful to your parents, and I know you're thinking already. This is not a prohibition. It's not something that Allah has prohibited. Has he prohibited us from being good to our parents? No. But we're going to touch on why this has come in this form. No? Sam? Naam, naam. So that's the third. That's the third. Hmm? To not kill your children. 
from fear of poverty. The fourth. What's the fourth? To not come near Al-Fawahish. Al-Fawahish, as you can see, is uh, those sh shameful acts, shameful sins. Uh, and we're going to explain uh, that further. The fifth matter. To not, ki to, to, to not kill uh, a soul. And take the life of a soul. That Allah has forbidden. Like the verse after. And come not near to the mal of the yatim, the, orf the orphan's property. Now, thereafter, sorry, thereafter, ewa, to give full measure, huh? to give full measure, al-kayl wal-wazn, bil-qist, to give full measure and full weight, yani with justice, yani when trading and so on, buying and selling of these, th these affairs. To be yani, honest and truthful. Thereafter is what? Naam. That whenever you give your word, you say the truth. Hmm? To be truthful. And also to fulfill the covenant of Allah. And to fulfill the covenant, the agreement that we have, and the covenant with Allah. And Sheikh bin Baz will explain this. Now, uh, after we have in the third verse, and verily this is my straight path. So follow it and do not follow the other paths. So we're going to go back a second now. So here, the first affair we said is shirk. That is clear. That is the opposite of tawheed, to ascribe partners with Allah. The second matter is al-ihsan al-walidain to be dutiful and kind to, to the parents. Now here, I saw some of you struggle when I asked yani, uh, what's the second matter that Allah has forbidden us from? But you see here that which has been on, on the screen and, and how it's translated and even in the Arabic language that which has come up al-walidain ihsana and remember the beginning of the verse is what? Uh, it, it is come let me recite to you that which Allah has that which your Lord has forbidden you from but here we have we see if you look at the, the in the language la tushriku bihi shay'a la taqtulu awladukum Hmm? Don't kill uh, your, your children and so on. The la, do not. Don't join anything in worship. Don't kill your children. Don't come near. Do not kill an innocent soul and so on. The reason why it didn't come in the form of and do not disobey your parents, hmm? do not disobey, is because to disobey the parents if it came in the form of and do not disobey your parents if a child son, daughter refrains from disobeying their parents it's something good right? something good, no doubt to refrain from disobeying the parents 
However, ihsan to them is a higher level. It's a higher level because if you look at it this way, you have a child who doesn't disobey their parents. Parents say, go and do this for me. He goes or she goes. Uh, uh, mother says to the son, uh, don't fight with your brother. Don't fight with your sister. Mm-hmm. Oh, go and do this for me. And do that. And the child doesn't disobey. Something good, no doubt. But ihsan to them, here when Allah said, He's saying, and be good and kind and dutiful to them because that's a level beyond just simply uh, not disobeying them. And you can have a child who doesn't disobey the parent but it's still not good to the, to the parent in the sense of saying kind words. Hmm? Kind words. Being grateful and appreciative hmm? to the parent. Yani showing good character towards the parents. And, 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 not, and not showing foul character towards his or her mother or father. And so this is why it's come in the form of Wabil Walidin Ihsan. To emphasize that point. And also here, Sheikh Ibn Baz, he said that, that Allah Ta'ala, he mentioned the parents directly after mentioning the right of Allah. Uh, which clearly proves the great right that they have. And that being bad towards them or evil towards them it is from the greatest of offenses and crimes and sins. Now, And Allah Ta'ala has coupled their right with his right in more than one verse throughout the Quran. Now, And so their right, and this is a reminder to our young sons and daughters, a reminder to everyone who's a, who's a son and, 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 or, or daughter and whose parents are alive. To be good to the parents because Sheikh Ibn Thameen, he mentions in his explanation of this kitab, that Allah Ta'ala, after after uh, he mentioned the, the haqqul usul, he then goes on to mention the haqqul furu'a. Thereafter, we're going to see the rights of those who come after. So the, the, the right that comes after this immediately is what? Do not kill your children. Then comes the, the right of the children and the rights of everybody else. But here at the beginning, Allah, after mentioning his right, he mentions immediately after the rights of the parents, yani haqqul usul. Meaning, the right of those who form a person's very foundations and those who are the cause of his and very reason of his existence hmm? meaning Allah is the first one who nurtures, nurtures him or her by creating him or her by create, creating them providing for them nurturing them and thereafter the parents, if it wasn't for the parents, after Allah, if it wasn't for the parents bringing, uh, feeding the children so they survive, the mother, look at the mother. And our, our, our Imam, Talha, Jazawallah Khair, and he reminded us the right of the mother and this great station of the mother. The mother, the one who puts the right of the children before her own right how she will starve herself 
if it means seeing to the to the right or seeing to the child's needs. The child is hungry and needs needs food. Yeah, and he, making sure non-stop, day in, day out, that the that her son or daughter is looked after. That the son, the daughter has her children, have everything that they need from the point that they wake up. That they they are fed, they are clothed, they are sheltered. She doesn't rest until all of that is seen to. Naam. The you know many all of you know you know the hadith. The hadith of of uh, the right of the mother when the messenger of Allah was asked Man nas sahabati. Who is most deserving of my good companionship? Tayyib. What did the Messenger of Allah say? He said, Your mother, three, three times, right? Then your father. Then your father. The father has a right, uh, of course, no doubt, as well. The parents, Allah mentioned both of them. They both have a right. But the mother, no doubt, we see stressed. Her right is stressed. Who narrated this hadith? Who narrated this hadith from the Sahaba? From the Sahaba? Anyone know? Who narrated, if you're going to take a guess, who narrated most hadith? Abu Huraira, and you're right. Abu Huraira, radiallahu an. Around 5,300 5, odd. 5,374, I believe. 5,374, naam, I think. Naam. He narrates most hadith. No one narrates more than him. He knows this hadith. The messenger that, that this is what the messenger of Allah he said concerning the right of the mother. Did you know that he did not perform the hajj until his mother passed away? He, he did not perform the hajj until his mother passed away due to her being in need of him and because he knew of this hadith. Hajj is an obligation. Yes, once in a person's lifetime. Um, when you have the ability but if your parents are in need of you then that, that obligation there that now that has uh, precedence and we see this here from Abu Huraira and on that note on the note of Hajj from the Hajj or from Umrah we know from the rituals of Hajj and Umrah is what? Tawaf Abdullah ibn Amr the Sahabi, the son of Umar ibn Khattab, عنهما, when a man from Yemen was performing, and this is Al-Bukhari, he nourishes in, in his Adab al-Mufrad, Sahih, where he was performing, this man from Yemen was performing the Umrah, guess how he's performing the Umrah? His mother, carrying his mother on his back. Carrying his mother, listen, all oh, sons and daughters, are the great right of the mother. He was carrying his mother on his back performing the tawaf. He then turned to Abdullah ibn Umar because he saw him. He said, do you see that I fulfilled her right? He said, you've not even fulfilled the right of one sigh, one scream that she gave out when she delivered you during labor. This is the right of the mother. Naam. Now, the third was 
to, to uh, not kill the children. The fourth is, so here now we see the rights of those that come after. Now, the fourth is to not come near those shameful acts, the fawahish. And Sheikh Imbaz, he says that from ghiba, from backbiting, namima, all of this is fawahish. Shameful acts. Ghiba, backbiting. Namima, tail carrying. Azina, illegal sexual intercourse. Wasariqah, stealing and the likes. The sixth was to refrain from from uh, consuming the or before that not to kill an innocent soul or anyone that whom Allah has forbidden except for a just cause thereafter not to come near the, the orphan's property and then to be uh, to give full measure and full weight to give full measure and weight with justice. Al-Wafa bi-ahdillah. Yani to fulfill the covenant of Allah. And to say, as we, we, we also see, to, 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 uh, to be truthful. Yani whenever you give your word, that you say the truth. Um, to fulfill the covenant of Allah and the meaning of this, the Shaykh, he says, is whatever Allah Taala has ordered his servants with that is a covenant and an agreement that we have with Allah to fulfill to fulfill everything that Allah has commanded us with to carry, carry out those things and to refrain from disobeying him now now and the final uh, matter is to follow the straight path of Allah Everything that has proceeded in those verses, in those everything that was mentioned in those previous two verses, the, the final wasiyah here, an advice, an order is to follow that, to follow that straight path, because all of that is from the straight path of Allah, to follow it and to not follow the other paths. Now, then we come back to the uh, text itself, Kitab al-Tawheed, and we come to the final hadith in this chapter, and that is from Mu'adh ibn Jabal, radiallahu anhu, who said, Kuntu radif in Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, ala himar. He said that I was riding behind the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam on a donkey. And he said to me, Ya Mu'adh, what did he say? He said, Atadri, haqqullahi ala al-ibad, wa haqqul ibad ala Allah. He said, O Mu'adh, do you know the right of Allah on his slaves and the right of his slaves or the right of the slaves upon Allah? And so he said, Allahu wa Rasuluhu a'lam. He said that Allah and his messenger know best. And so he said, the right of, the ser- the right of Allah upon his servants is that they worship him alone and they do not associate anything as a partner with him and the rights of the slaves upon Allah is that he will not punish any, any person who does not associate anything with him as a partner I said 
ومسنجاب الله قلت افلا ابشر الناس shall i not give glad tidings good news and inform the people to which the messenger of allah sallallahu he responded and he said la tubashshirhum he said do not inform them lest they rely on this and this hadith as you can see is recorded by uh, al bukhari and muslim here sheikh ibn baz he says that this hadith shows to us the tawadu first and foremost it shows to us the tawadu the humble nature of the messenger of allah sallallahu in that he was riding a donkey and he was riding a donkey and that he was humble also in that he had one who was riding behind him no doubt from those from those who are in positions such as uh, kings and rulers and leaders and so on those who see themselves above this but here this shows to us the humble nature of the messenger of allah as the sheikh he says as opposed to that which some of the mutakabbirin those who were proud and haughty that they refused to do the likes of this he was riding upon himar donkey like random question one random question well it's not so random i'm going to bring it back to the to the matter anyone have a pet anyone have a cat most likely you're going to have a cat shouldn't have a dog unless it's a guard dog طيب anyone anyone have a cat come on so i know enough mans who have cats naam what's the name of your cat does it have a name no name so this cat how do you address this cat Yo, you say oh cat come uh, somebody else said he, said he has a cat rosie I'm guessing it's a girl anybody else naam mahmud Cairo that's unique Cairo Cairo is it, is it from Cairo Tayeb <laughs> send it to Cairo inshallah i feel at home Tayeb all right i'm bringing it back i don't know the name of this donkey that the messenger of allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam was riding upon it had a name ikhwan huh it had a name it's mentioned if you gather if you look at all the narrations anis ibn malik also narrates this and it's come the name of Ufair Ahsant Zakallah Ufair The name of his donkey is Ufair Naam Which Answers the question Is it permissible to name Your cat So go home and name your cat Because The messenger of Allah Had And other than the messenger of Allah They had Horses and donkeys That they had names for They had names for them as um, has come in fact imam al-bukhari he brings a chapter in the book of jihad ism ism al-faras wal himar to name the horse uh, or, or the donkey and he brings under this chapter various narrations from them uh, that which the uh, messenger of allah sallam one of the horses that he had uh, whose name was Luhayf Luhayf Naam Kedalik the hadith wherein Anas ibn Malik he said that um, the 
the, he lent a horse to the Messenger of Allah uh, and the horse's name was Mandub Mandub, not Matlub that some of the brothers may I know, may have, have taken as a name for their cap, their male cap, they're just shy to say it, Matlub I think those from the uh, South Asian subcontinent and he could relate to that name, Matlub if it's female, Matlub uh, it's a name that it's close to Mandub and uh, يعني, um, I'm sure you take much joy from using that name uh, in, 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 in addressing the cat Matlub so this shows to us the fact that it is permissible to uh, name the, uh, the, the animal or the pet However, our Shaykh, Shaykh Salih Fawzan, he mentioned an important point, and that is that it is not allowed to name the animals with names of the Anbiya. Something to be, to, to be aware of. It is not allowed. So, for example, beware of naming the, the cat or an animal, Muhammad. Beware of this. And in fact, the scholars, they mention that if somebody did this from the angle of of making mockery then this is kufr this is kufr that this is disbelief a person leaves islam because it's mockery making mockery of the prophets so this is something to to uh, beware of and to not name the animals or the pets with these names the names of the anbiya or the names of those who are respected like the scholars and so on. Naam, or the Sahaba. Naam, or the names of the Imams. Naam. So, yani, coming back to this hadith, then this is the final hadith or the final evidence that the Imam he brings within this chapter. Thereafter, he brings the important matters from this chapter. We won't cover them, but we see just very briefly. Um, how the Imam, the manner in which he proceeds now to summarize each chapter. So first and foremost, he mentions, I believe there's uh, maybe 18, 18 points here. Now, around. Now. Or more, many more. Now. Uh, 24, 24 points that we learn, important matters that we learn from this chapter. As an example, we see here the wisdom of Allah in creating the jinn and mankind and the beautiful way to end each chapter. Sheikh Ibn, Ibn Uthaymeen, in his explanation of this kitab, Sheikh Ibn Baz's explanation here doesn't go into this, but he also explains these, 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 these important points in a brief manner. And so he says, for example, this point, this very first point that the Imam he brings, as a summary, as we said, to, to, to summarize the chapter, the wisdom of Allah in creating the jinn of mankind, he says, He's taken this from? Where? Where has the Imam taken this from? Which verse? The very first verse. This shows to us the wisdom of Allah in creating the jinn of mankind. Second matter. The worship is Tawheed because the khusuma, the dispute 
was in this matter between the prophets and the mushrikeen. And as another example, there are many points, we're not going to cover them. Um, uh, the Imam, he also says that whosoever does not come with Tawheed has not worshipped Allah. And in this regard has come the meaning of the verse, um, nor do you worship that which I worship. And so we'll stop here and these points will give more attention to in the next uh, lesson. And uh, as uh, an announcement and a reminder, the next Saturday, in fact, the next lesson, the next class will be uh, in two weeks' time because next Saturday we have our brother, uh, our brother who we love for and we praise and we ask Allah to reward with a tremendous reward for that which he uh, yani strives yani in doing and that is busying himself in calling the people to Islam. One who many of you, I'm sure you know, our brother Shamsi, uh, known or renowned from his efforts uh, in, in uh, Hyde Park in London. I'm sure many of you have seen uh, the videos and so, uh, and so on that have uh, been passed around on, 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 on TikTok and so on and the social media, YouTube and these places. Uh, just a week ago, just a week ago, he informed us that in Reading, in Reading, one day alone, I believe there were 14, 14 shahadas. 14 shahadas in Reading. In just one day. These are the efforts that our brother Shamsi uh, puts forward and continues to put forward. And alhamdulillah, he has agreed to come and benefit the brothers here. And so we encourage everyone to come next Saturday. We'll be here. So uh, invite your family members, your friends, even non-Muslims. Bring them all along with you. Spread the word. Spread the word to, 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 to everyone. And inshallah, uh, we'll see you all here. Uh, and more of you, inshallah, next week. Hala wa salam ala Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.